podcast number 83, Tension and Calm, Dark and Light. As is often cited, music is the interplay of tension and calm, consonance and dissonance, dark and light, all the shades in between. This podcast seeks to see how the interplay of these opposing forces create the momentum that propels music through time and space while impacting the emotions and feelings of the listener. We will look at the many ways this interplay is achieved through melody, harmony, rhythm, dynamics, and form. These forces can affect both emotional and physical responses on a conscious and subconscious level, as we have seen through our own personal experiences and countless books and essays on the power of music. Melody, the goal of composers for countless centuries has been the creation of a perfect melody. And first, let's look at the building blocks of a melody, the intervals, the distance between notes. Intervals combine into motives, cells, phrases, sentences, sections, and then larger works. If you are not familiar with intervals, I will explain them as we go along. Please use a keyboard if possible for a reference. Through time, the following intervals have been associated with certain feelings and emotions. Although subjectable to each individual, the power of music to affect one's mental, physical, and emotional states is undeniable. For example, a blues is primarily built on the interval of the minor third, I will play an example now. Against the C major chord, C, E, G, I will play C to E flat, the minor third. C to E, the third note in the scale, is a major third. If you lower that one half step, you have a minor third. Tension will be created because the E-flat will sound against the E-natural of the chord, creating the emotional effect. The earliest blues singers would do this with their voices, bending the notes to convey the emotion of the lyrics. The background musicians would take this technique and use it in their solos. In fact, the earliest blues solos were the instruments filling in bits of melody in between the singer's lyrics what is the whole resting places in a 12-bar blues. These little bits of fill-ins would grow into the solos that we hear throughout our history in jazz, rock, and blues. For more on intervals and lyrics, please see podcast number 39. If one creates a melody opening with or stressing a certain interval, it will then portray a particular emotion while simultaneously stimulating the direction the melody will take. For example, Over the Rainbow from The Wizard of Oz opens with an octave leap, making the song instantly recognizable as it symbolizes the leap skyward. Octave, the Latin word for eight, would be eight notes. So I will, in the key of C, play from C to an octave higher, C. Let's look at another interval, the minor second, one half step. Two notes right next to each other. The minor second has been described as anxious, sad, foreboding. 
used by composer John Williams for the theme song from the movie Jaws, with just two notes, he brings us to immediately realize that danger is imminent. The interval of the perfect fourth has been used for centuries as an introduction that something important is about to occur. For example, the entrance of a king, a queen, or a bride. The next interval, the perfect fifth, is used to signify power and strength. Two of the most famous themes in all music the theme from Star Wars and from Star Trek are based primarily on a perfect fifth and the perfect fourth. In Star Wars, in the key of C, we have three Gs move up a perfect fourth to the note C. Then the C to a G above a perfect fifth. Then we have a connector, F-E-D, moving up to a high C, which then moves down a fourth to the note G. The intervals of the fourth and fifth are called perfect because whether you're moving up or down, inverted, they still retain the title perfect, where other intervals, when they're inverted, the name changes, for example, from major to minor, and so on. For Star Trek, the first three notes are two perfect fourths. So we see how stressing certain intervals will create feelings and emotional responses in the listener. I would just like to add, you've probably heard many famous musicians, composers, songwriters, improvisers, soloists, would say how when they were young, they would transcribe the solos of all their favorite musicians, and that's really how they learned and they developed their ear. So for anyone, musician, composer, to get the music inside you, one way, of course, is to sing all the time, whether you're a singer or not. Also, as I've said, often play the piano, play the guitar, play the drums. So very important. Learning all the intervals like this by associating with different songs will be invaluable in your own development and your songwriting, never getting in a rut or writer's block. These intervals are then joined together like cells in a body, forming motives, phrases, sections, into complete works in any style of music. Now let's move on to melody. Melody created by the use of chord and non-chord tones. The notes of a melody, once harmonized by chords and their progressions, are then colored by this interaction. This is one of the most important ways for consonance and dissonance to be achieved. Chord tones are relatively consonant, while non-chord tones create various shades of dark and light. As I have demonstrated in previous podcasts with each phrase, if we listen slowly, we can hear these shades of color, creating a flow of relative emotions. A perfect example is the first measure of Cardigan by Taylor Swift. Against an F minor chord, the notes are F, A flat, C, 
the melody starts with two non-chord tones, two Gs, the ninth of the chord for the lyric vintage. Then we have two B flats, the fourth, again, a non-chord tone for the lyrics T and brand. And then the note C, the fifth of the chord for the lyric new, and then F, the root of the chord for the lyric phone. I will play this very, very slowly now so we can hear the movement from dark to light. Remember, the first four notes are non-chord tones and the last two are chord tones. In just one measure, we have gone from tension to calm. Of course, I realize at the regular tempo, this is hard to hear, but I feel subconsciously all these subtleties, these nuances are felt. One of the most emotional uses of a non-chord tone is the appoggiatura. This is used quite often in any emotional setting, instrumental or underlining an important lyric. A perfect example of this technique is the emotional high point in the middle of the theme from the movie Titanic, where we hear an octave jump into an appoggiatura, then resolves to a chord tone. An appoggiatura is a note, a non-chord tone, one note above a chord tone, and then resolving to that chord tone. I will play that now. In the key of C major, this would be the note G, jump an octave higher to a higher G against an F major chord, that would be the ninth, then resolve to the note F, the root of the chord. Notice how that high G is held for two beats, intensifying the emotion. This technique is so important when you want to stress the meaning of a certain lyric or the emotion of that lyric. Chords. When dealing with chords, the addition of a non-chord tone or tones creates varying degrees of consonance, dissonance, pull, blurring of meaning and function. Let's use C major, for example. The notes are C, E, and G. Debussy and the Impressionistic School of Music was really the first one to add notes into chords to change their color. Debussy did not like this title, but and many people thought that he was influenced by the Impressionistic School of Painting, which blurred the lines and mixed the colors so you had an impression of an image rather than an actual picture of an image. However, Debussy was more interested in symbolistic poetry rather than symbolistic art as an influence in his music. John Lennon also used a great deal of symbolism in his music and symbolistic poetry. First, we have chords made softer, more emotional, denser, and also blurred lines. For example, a C chord, if we add a B natural in, we have C major seven. Actually, this is the first chord of Imagine by John Lennon. 
I did a podcast on that subject. This chord is used quite extensively in jazz. For those of you who are familiar with theory, on the one and the four chord, the substitutions are major six, major seven, major nine, 11, 13, major seven, flat five. These are some of the substitutions on a one and a four chord, which add color, but not necessarily pull or dissonant. In order to make a chord ambiguous, there are certain ways. For example, if we take out the third of the chord, which makes it major or minor, and substitute first, let's take the second. So we would have C, D, and G. This would be C suspended second. If we take out the third and add the fourth note from the bass, the root, we get C suspended fourth. If we have, for example, a full C chord and put the ninth in the bass, D, we have C with a D bass, and then we can also do the same thing with the 11th, the F, put the F in the bass. Creates almost a floating effect. I will play those for you now. C suspended second. C suspended fourth. C D bass. C with an F bass. With minor chords, it's the same as with the major one and four chord. If you add notes in, you do not add more tension or pull, a little bit of tension, but you really are coloring the chord. For example, here's an A minor. Now we can have an A minor six, an A minor seven, A minor nine. Uh, a minor 7 flat 5 is popular in jazz, but for now I will just play the A minor 7 so you can hear that. Chord substitutions and extensions are used extensively in jazz, but also in modern popular music, especially the major 7 and the minor 7s. This next category has the most extensions and it's used to create more tension, more dissonance, so the chord can pull stronger to the next chord. It's used on dominant chords. Since we're using C, we will use C7, dominant 7th, which is the 5 chord in the key of F. So now I will play C7, C dominant 7th, C, E, G, and B flat. You can hear the pull, you can hear how it wants to resolve. I will now play C7, the 5 chord, to the 1 chord in the key of F, C7 to F, and we can hear the resolution. Tension to calm, dark to light. So on the 5 chord, the common extensions and substitutions would be C7, C7 flat 5, C7 sharp 5, C9, C9 flat 5, C9 sharp 5, C7 flat 9, C7 flat 9 flat 5, C7 flat 9 sharp 5, C11, C13, C13 flat 9. We could go on and on. And then we have bitonal chords used in jazz quite a bit, where they play two chords simultaneously to create various colors and dissonance and consonants. The whole purpose, though, is to make darkness move to light. 
soloing, improvised solos. In the idioms of jazz, rock, and blues, the art form of improvisation is a common denominator. Solos are judged on their creativity and creativity on their instrument. In jazz, we have Charlie Parker, Miles Davis, Joe Pass, Wes Montgomery, to name just a few. In blues and rock, we have Eric Clapton, Dwayne Allman, Jimi Hendrix, Carlos Santana, Dickie Betts, Eddie Van Halen, Steve Vai, George Harrison, David Gilmore, so many. And of course, those specializing in the blues, where this all started from. Stevie Ray Vaughan, B.B. King, Joe Bonamassa, Derek Trucks, Albert King. So how is tension and calm achieved in solos? In jazz, the solos are based on melodic lines created from a mixture of scale and chord tones mixed with non-chord tones, mixed scales, and especially diminished arpeggios and scales creating this fabric of mixed colors. Thousands of books, articles, and videos on YouTube teach jazz improvising. Every one of them says the same thing. Move in and out of the chord or the scale. Move from dark to light and in between. For example, I will play a line, a melodic line, against a D minor 7th chord, mixing the D minor 7th arpeggio and an A flat half diminished arpeggio and scale mixed. Now, blues and rock solos are different. They tend to stay in one scale or a mode. Rock improvising uses a more modal approach where a mode such as major, minor, blues, pentatonic, Dorian, Lydian, or Phrygian, Mixolydian, and a natural minor may be used. Rather than moving in and out of tonality, tension and calm are achieved by techniques such as bending one note into another note, mimicking the blues singer's ability to do that with their voices. Very, very fast runs. Think of Eddie Van Halen. Dynamics. Distortion, sustain, and vibrato. Repetition, constant repetition. One of the greatest rock solos is in Comfortably Numb, Pink Floyd, by David Gilmour. There is nothing fast, no runs, no, nothing to show, no going in and out of scales, but what he does with every note is create emotion through the way he plays the note, the bending, the dynamics, the power of each note changing the octave and range, going higher, especially at the end. It's all amazing. This is a perfect example of the power of music. Speaking about dynamics, one of the greatest methods to create an array of tension and calm and emotion is the use of dynamics. As with shifting tonal colors, extremes of dynamics, from very, very soft to very loud, can instill feelings of love excitement, growing levels of tension, calm, fear, awe, worship at any level. Speaking about the range of the song, I would like to mention Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen, probably one of the most loved songs of all times. It's composed mainly of triads, three-note chords, and in those chords, the melody is mostly chord tones. But what happens is 
As this song progresses, it goes higher and higher until it reaches the climax where we hear one of the most powerful, important words in religion, hallelujah. In his younger years, Leonard Cohen was acclaimed a great poet even before being recognized as a songwriter. In all my podcasts, I deal with the music, not the lyrics, which of course is another subject analyzed in literature and poetry. I will say the only time I really did think and talk about it was in I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry by Hank Williams because this man suffered so much and it comes out in this song. What I found interesting in that song is that if you just listen to the music, it sounds like a happy waltz. But against the lyrics, I think that dichotomy, that interaction shines a spotlight on the meaning of the lyrics. Speaking about modal scales used in rock, Miles Davis actually brought it into jazz with the album Kind of Blue, where he instructed everybody to use modes instead of playing through the chord changes as in traditional jazz of that time. If you are interested in modes and modal music, please see my podcast number 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, and 33. They all deal with the modes and writing modal music. In this podcast, we have seen consciously and subconsciously the flow of tension and calm in all the elements of music, melody, harmony, and rhythm, along with orchestration and form. This creates the flow of tonal colors as currents in a stream move in and out, side by side, together, or in opposition. Thinking about and using these ideas can only elevate your own music. I'd like to leave you with this quote by Friedrich Nietzsche, without music, life would be a mistake. If you are interested, I also have two books available on Amazon, The Songwriter's Guide to Melodies, and guitar chords for the 21st century, which contains alternative chords and progressions. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Joe.